Welcome to Asked and Answered, our podcast series that answers all of your missions-related questions. And with me in the studio today are Ron and Karis Pierce. Hi, guys. Welcome back. Hey, Joy. Hello. Okay, so today I have a question about Israel. Actually, I think it's a few questions. I know that they are constantly under the threat of violence, of war, and I think our listeners would like to know just... About that and maybe the general, um, what their life is like living in Israel under that. Well, when I was there recently, um, I spoke with Danny and Luan Sayeg, who are pastoring up at Mount Carmel Assembly, which is just around the Haifa area. And um, those same questions I get asked all the time, Joy, as well. What is life like under the constant threat of war from 1948 onwards and all the ups and downs and sideways that they live under right now. So when I was there, I just sat them down in a room and I said, listen, here are some of the questions I feel all the time. So it revolves around what you just said. And they gave wide-ranging answers I thought would be interesting for our folks listening right now. And it would fit into the current conditions over there. Uh, It's very, very fresh. Um, and it was funny because I was, I was asking them before we went on microphone, um, I was asking them about, um, sort of like, do you find that the, the congregation is, uh, thriving or is it, um, um, staying the same as it was under COVID or is it, um, backing off because of the threat of war? I I said, where where is the, 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 what's the mood sort of like the Messianic congregations? And they said, they're growing everywhere. They, and, and Luann jumped in and said this. She says, we even sense a new f- refreshing of the Holy Spirit mm. and their worship is deeper. Their study of the word has grown. Um, and when I was there for the service, uh, this was a couple of weeks ago right now, I could sense it. And then we went around and visited a lot of the other pastors in the area. And they were talking about doubling and tripling their their outreach wow. in many ways because all of them were full. All of their 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 churches were full. And uh, one brother down below in Haifa, a great guy, and uh, he says, yeah, we've got one overpacked um, congregational gathering here. We might have to start two more churches, two mm. more outreaches. And that's unusual for Israel. Oh, it is. Yeah. It is. Not that they weren't doing well before, but this is at the edge of a revival, mm-hmm. you might say, in the country. Uh, I was sitting with one, uh, I know this is off topic right now, Joy, but I'm just going to go there anyway. So, um, I was sitting at lunch with um, a group of Arabic-speaking pastors from up in the Galilee region. And uh, we were sitting at lunch and they were laughing and they were so excited about how God had blessed them. And I said, so are your churches growing? The guy right across from me having lunch, wonderful man of God. And he says, Ron, we don't even know where to put them all. Wow. Um, he says, we would have maybe 30% full, 40% full at the best of times in our little church. Now we're packed to overflowing. And he says, we're trying to find spots for all of these eager seekers who come in. And I said, hmm. but you're close to the border with Hezbollah. There's 100 or 200,000 missiles aimed at you. <laughs> and they say, well, we've lived under that for so long. It doesn't really affect us. And people are wow. more interested now knowing the truth of the gospel after coming out of COVID, watching the believers, the Christians, how they reacted under the pressure. And I think there's a little bit of that too. How do we react under pressure, whether it's COVID or whether it's war? And that's where we jumped sort of into this discussion with Danny and Luan uh, Luan Saig that I'd like to have the folks listen to right now. Okay, that sounds terrific. Again, I'm with Danny and Luan Saig on Mount Carmel, and 
This is in Israel, and we're just answering a few questions that I've been posed uh, over the years. And one of those, folks, is this. What, what, is, what does it feel like for the nation of Israel to be under constant threat, and I'm going to say of war, or of bombardment, or the rockets, or the fighting, or this? What, what's the general feeling in the population? How do you live this way? For so many years, because this has been, if I'm correct, Danny, this has been since 1948. So we're, we're we're a few decades into this thing. So how does it? How do you handle this? Yeah. Yes. Uh, it, it's uh, you know it's kind of sad to say it. We got used to it, hmm. and uh, and it's just uh, you you can sense the tension that's in, among the people here in the land all the time. You know, trying to 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 be in on alert uh, i mean the young people you know of course they are you know they go into the army so they are always always there is that tension and and so if you live here it's like normal but you can feel it when you get out of israel hmm. so for example you know we went to england suddenly we are i mean coming out of the tension you suddenly oh this is so calm i mean this is like this is normal, mm-hmm. and and so so we feel that uh, when we live here, you know the, the the citizen they feel that pressure all the time, the fear all the time that something is about to happen, and it's going from one thing to another. So, but inside of Israel, you know, you will hear every, every now and then, you know, someone stabbed, that was shooting, but around Israel there is a constant war every day, every night. And, and it's something that we, we, we even hear in Israel, not hearing all the time. So in, in Syria, you will hear, you know, suddenly someone uh, bombed uh, some base or, or, or a car uh, in Gaza. You know, there is always that tension of, of you know, the rockets, uh, more, more, uh, tunnels. Uh, now in the West Bank, you know, in Samaria, uh, Israeli forces is just going every night to try to prevent terror attacks so so it's it's always happening there's not a moment that you can say oh there is a peaceful moment a rest moment and in lebanon i mean the one good thing that happened recently it's the deal with the gas i don't know if uh, people knows about it but tell us uh, more what, yeah what that so so israel discover gas on the mediterranean ah uh, yes yeah. yes okay and so they found another part that was actually part belongs to Lebanon and part it's in the Israel territory. So it was very big tension over it because uh, especially the Hezbollah, they said, we're going to attack your gas places, you know, if you take ours. But but what happened was a deal was made, the agreement, and, and it's actually, it's good because Israel wanted Lebanon to bless Lebanon, yeah. you know, that their economy will be good. So they just signed uh, two days ago. A deal that uh, it's uh, it's actually they said it's historical because Lebanon recognized the border, the sea border of Israel, but yeah. also it's it can be some kind of a help to Lebanon. Yeah. So it's the first time that there is some kind of a deal between Israel and Lebanon. So we don't know in the future, you know, if you know it will lead to even other, you know, agreement that will bring some more peace. Uh, uh, with Lebanon, but uh, but this is amazing. Yeah. Now, I know I've heard a number before, but the number's probably grown. How many rockets are aimed at you from north of the border? Um, 
25, 30? I, I will say, I mean, what they said is about 30,000. 30,000. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's amazing. Um, and obviously, there are hostile forces up there. So, therefore, the people at the border must be even more um, concerned about yeah. their, their territory being under tank attack and everything of that nature. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean just a few years ago, Israel discovered tunnels from Lebanon into Israel. And they understood that they have a plan, the Hezbollah had a plan, that in time of war they will come in through the tunnel and occupy one of the kibbutz or uh, one of the, the towns. But Israel found it on time and actually filled it with cement. So, so hopefully there is, yeah. there is no like this. But as you know, Israel also invests so much of, yeah. of technology of you know, launching rock, uh, to destroy rockets. So, yeah. so Iron Dome and, and, yeah. and other... Uh, uh, weapons, but but if there is a war yeah. with Lebanon and Israel, the Hezbollah in Israel, it's going to be a massive one because Israel cannot handle that so many rockets right. on civilian in one time. Yeah. yeah. So so well, we pray that it will not happen. It'll, it'll take somebody like God to come and prevent the destruction of the land. That's right. That's, yeah. that's what it is. That's now, um, you, the young people of Israel. When they get to a certain age, go into the military. Tell me the story so people can understand that, if you could. Yeah, so in, in Israel, when you reach the age of 18, you have to go to the army, boys and girls. Okay. Boys will go for three years service, girls two years. But girls, if they choose combat units, so it's, it's going to be the same like boys. Okay. Now, you have daughters. Luann, what was it like... <laughs> to have the girls go into the military? What was it as a mother? So we had, uh, one of our daughters did go into a combat unit. Uh, the other the other two um, were in police forces. Um, the, the youngest one saw a whole lot of action that you don't want to see in places like Jerusalem and uh, Hebron and Jericho. Um, and the oldest one had more probably encounters with drug, drug dealers. Um, but, um, you know, it, it was just like in any, with any parents, it's it's prayer for your children all the time, isn't it? And there were times when, especially the youngest one was in a really, uh, very dangerous situation and, we we felt like other children in her army unit were saved as well as herself because she was in there and we were praying for for her so exactly yeah do they do the messianic young people get a chance to verbalize their faith live their faith in the situations and what's the reaction within i don't know society as a whole to all these messianic young people in the in the front lines yeah, it's amazing to see the change of the Israel society toward the believers in Yeshua through the years. I mean, I remember in, in, in my time, the year 87, the 90s, if you were a Messianic believer in the Israeli army, it will be a difficult situation. Mm-hmm. And even I know officers that will not go high in rank just because of their faith. Mm-hmm. But if you look today, I mean, it's amazing. It seems like all of this restriction is removed mm-hmm. and, and soldiers can go highest. I mean, we I know about, you know, uh, uh, believers that are pilots in the Israeli army and high officers because they they saw that the believers, they have this 
love and they are very, very loving the country and they are the, the best soldiers that could be. Yeah. And uh, so, but uh, in Israel, when they see the young people, I mean, it's different from the elderly. And, and it seems like there is more understanding, more receiving, more uh, uh, wanting to hear about their faith. And, and it's uh, open doors for many young people to hear about the faith. I just well, wanted to say, too, you know, when you get inducted into the army on that day of your induction, mm-hmm. um, the army presents you with, with the Old Testament, Tanakh, huh? right? So the Israeli army still gets presented with a weapon and with the Tanakh, with the Old Testament. But um, when our youngest daughter went in, they heard that she was a believer, and they actually presented her with a New Testament. <laughs> really? That's amazing. That's, that's respect. Yeah. That really is. Okay, building upon that, and this last question is a general question, but it feeds off it. Do you see a softening to many people regarding the gospel in this last little while, especially in the last few years, and you see a warming up to listening to, hearing, understanding the message of Yeshua being the Messiah. Yeah, I would say there is a change, and and I think it's part of it. Of course, the prayers and the, and the testimony of the believers, but also the technology. Actually, you know, you know that Satan is using the technology in a bad way, but also there is a good part in it because. It, there is a lot of, of, of videos and testimonies mm-hmm. and teaching that uh, can go to so many people mm-hmm. so quickly. Back then, in, in my time, it's it's wasn't something. So what the rabbi will say, or or you know, people that are against the faith, they will come and say all this spread all these lies about the believers, and and there is no way to respond to that. And now you know they can. The you know the anti what we say anti missionary organization mm-hmm. you know they will put the video against the believers but the believers will take vid they will make video and they will go point by point what they said that and prove that it's a lie but also about prophecies about Messiah and mm-hmm. and and it's something that pe- it's opening the eyes of people mm-hmm. to the truth and so I think it's it's we can see that change in that opening. And, and I know that in different parts of Israel, there is young people that reaching out with boldness and, and confronting. I think after 2000 years, there is a generation that confronting the lies of rabbis concerning Yeshua. That's right. That's and also, I know, I know you know this, Ron, that like Israelis are probably the techiest people in the world and so this is such an this is such a, a great fit for Israelis <laughs> just um, watching things on on YouTube is perfect for Israelis um, as people realize we follow outpourings of the spirit revivals um, reformations all over the world and I've been telling people for a while we've never had it this good this is really the best times that we've ever had since Jesus gave us the great commission in Matthew 28 and it's spreading around the world I also tell them and I want you to correct me if I'm wrong here everybody's listening remember that Um, I've seen something here it looks like a beginning of a revival. It looks like the beginning of an outpouring of the Spirit in this country. From the time when I started to come here and from what you've told me, there's more interest today and it's turning. Am I correct in that evaluation? Uh, definitely, we, we are seeing a move of the Spirit. 
you know, I'm not sure exactly where it's going to go. No, I know. And, uh, you know, concerning last days, we know that, you know, God is going to pour his spirit on, on Israel and there'll be a national revival, but that's sometime, you know, in the future. But we feel that there is uh, this ex- expectancy to to see God moving. There is a hunger among the believers to see God's moving. And, and we start seeing even some of the supernatural you know, uh, taking place among us. So, so we feel, you know, I think God says, you know, I'm ready to move. Are you ready mm-hmm. to step in? Mm-hmm. Are you ready to, to disciple people when they yeah. get saved? Uh, yeah. It's not just, you know, people getting saved, you know, it's to invest. I mean, this is dealing with families and, and rejection and, and persecution. I mean, it's, it's going to come all the package with, with that move of the spirit. Yeah. So, so we feel that God is, is preparing us when we start seeing this starting happening. Yeah. This has been a good time with you folks. Thank you so, so much. And uh, we will come back to you in months and years ahead and ask you for an update as to what's going on. Because people around the world are listening, they're hearing, they're praying for Israel. They're uh, trying to understand what you are doing here and what the situation is. And you folks explain it better than anybody else I've ever witnessed or, or talked to. So thank you so much.